is concerned. So I'm going to ask that Reverend Dr. D'Angelo Dia will come and lead us in our worship experience. And if you would, let's celebrate, put those hands together and give the Lord the praise he so richly and rightfully deserves. reading from John chapter 1 verses 10 through 13 and it reads as thus he was in the world and the world was made through him the world did not know him he came to his own and his own people did not receive him but to all who did receive him who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of the most high children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of humanity but of God if you know this morning that you are a child of God today give God some praise if you know that God has been better to you than you could ever be to yourself give God some praise if you know that it was only God that brought you out of your yesterday into today give God some praise if you know that the God we serve is worthy of our praise. Give God some praise. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Let us go to God in prayer. God, we acknowledge your presence in this space this morning, God. God, in this sacred space, at this sacred time, God, we ask that you would have your way, Lord. God, we ask that you would show up in a mighty way this morning, God. God, deliver a word from on high. God, a word that will convince the unconvinced to be convinced. God, deliver a word that will remind us, God, of who we are and whose we are. God, deliver a word, God, that will remind us that we are divine people created for a divine purpose. God, deliver a word, God, that will give new meaning to this thing called life. God, deliver a word that will transcend the brokenness of this world. God, deliver a word, God that will renew our faith and our spirit, God. Deliver a word, God, so that we will leave this place feeling just a little better, God, than we did when we entered. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the blessed Holy Spirit, everyone that truly believes says amen.
Good morning, St. Paul. I'd like to say hello to everybody. This is my family. My wife, Wendy, her sisters, and all my grandkids. We'd just like to say thank you for having us. This is the third day. This is the third day, Sunday of Advent. Our Advent journey begins with us lighting the candle of hope and peace. And today we are relighting them to remind us that our hope is in Christ and that this will and that he will come again to bring peace to the world. So today we are adding the third candle as a sign of love and and we light the candle in faith and love that Jesus is coming. In some ways we may feel as though we are living on the brink. Daily we live and move between ordinary and divine, between the mundane and mysterious and between the unknown and unknown. Too often we forget to look and see that God, that we have a God that loved us enough to send his only son to save us. Let us not forget that we love, that the love we give is the love that we receive. And the love is a symbol of everlasting bond between us and God. God is with us. Our scripture reading today is from Isaiah, the book 35, verses 1 through 4. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing, the glory of the Lebanon shall be given to it. The excellence of Carmel and Sharon, they shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make the firm and the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful and hearted, be strong and do not fear. Behold, your God will come with a vengeance. He will come and save you. Good morning, church. Pastor Scott, first lady, and they I was glad when they said, let us come into the house of the Lord. Amen. Okay, can we pray? Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to be here this morning. We have so many things to be thankful for, but most of all, we are in remembrance and we're thankful of your greatest gift to us of all, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we open our minds. We come to you with a pure heart, and we ask that you pour your spirit out on this service. We receive your word, and we thank you in Jesus' holy name. Amen.
for all that God has done and allowing for us to situate ourselves in this season 
And on the third Sunday of Advent, we thank God for the wonderful opportunity to worship God. Let's give God praise for the Casey family. We greatly appreciate them providing leadership as far as this time of our church liturgical calendar year is concerned. Um, I want to just say uh, thank you for all who have made your way into our personal as well as virtual space to worship our God this morning. And of course, I just want to share a few things with you all as we move forward in this worship experience. First of all, give yourselves a round of applause. We have raised $8,300 for Toys for Tots. And so, um, uh, under Reverend Bernie's stewardship, uh, some children are going to have a wonderful Christmas. Uh, Karen and he went to uh, the store uh, this last week to purchase bicycles for them. And I want to just thank God for your generosity, St. Paul, as far as being a blessing to persons you may never see or meet. But uh, we're sharing the love of Christ as far as this time is concerned. Just also want to let you all know that as we navigate this interesting season as far as our church calendar is concerned, just want to let you all know that we will have church on Christmas in person. Amen. Amen. We will have church on Christmas, 10 o'clock. Um, uh, as far as that is concerned, that is the day we celebrate the birth of Christ. And so uh, with it falling on a Sunday, we will be here. We will not have Sunday morning live, but we will be in worship on Sunday. We will not this year have a New Year's Eve service or a watch night service um, with uh, church being the first Sunday uh, being New Year's Day. And so uh, I'd rather have you in church on Sunday than to be trying to overwork um, our staff and ministries on that Saturday night. And here's the deal. Uh, at this time, we're still trying to ramp up things as far as getting back into some sense of flow here at the church. And so um, in consultation with our minister of music, uh, this is how we're going to flow. So we, we're going to have a special prayer service online at 11.30 on New Year's Eve. We're going to do a Zoom prayer call. Um, and so we invite you to uh, join us. We'll be sending our information to the whole congregation as far as joining us uh, at that time. The other thing that we want to do in that prayer service is we want to honor our loved ones who died in 2022. So we would love for you to send the names of your loved ones to the church through the link listed in the church website or leave a message with the church front office by Tuesday, December the 20th of someone who in your family has died. We will put their names on the roll that we will scroll as far as that prayer service is concerned. So we need you to get that in as soon as possible so that we can acknowledge those persons who have made the transition from life temporal to life eternal. Uh, also, we will be closed from December the 21st to Monday, January the 2nd. Uh, any notices for funerals, bereavement, sick, hospitalizations, or shut-in, 
leave them on our church voicemail and we'll be checking our uh, messages daily and we'll continue to host our quick 15 calls on the 21st and the 28th as far as that's concerned. And speaking of our prayer call, it was a wonderful delight to have over 121 portals, amen, on our prayer call this past Wednesday. That is the most we've ever had since we've been doing this since the start of COVID. And so um, I want to encourage you, let's continue to uh, have numbers like that because that meant that we had probably at least 150 to 160 people that were on the prayer call. And um, that does my heart good because uh, the people of God have come together with intentionality for corporate prayer. So we invite you to join us at 8 for fellowship, 8.15. I come and do a devotional and lead us in prayer. First Sunday of January, which is New Year's Day, will also be our consecration Sunday. And so we're asking, if you can, to please wear white. And uh, we're going to consecrate those that are in the church with oil. Uh, If you're at home uh, and if you don't come to church, we'll share with you what you can do. You could get some olive oil, um, virgin olive oil, and you can consecrate yourself. But if you come to church... um, I will consecrate you as far as that's concerned. Last but certainly not least, I want to let you all know our marriage ministry will be doing Love Notes 2023, a weekend retreat. Um, and the theme is the closer I get to you. So February the 3rd through the 5th is going to be a weekend to con- uh, intentionally connect with the spouse. Uh, on that Friday night, they're going to have a virtual comedy show. On Saturday morning, they're going to have a breakfast retreat. And then Saturday night, we're going to have a sneaker ball uh, for our Love Note dinner and dance uh, in the Ray of Hope. Tickets will be $75 per couple, and you can go to our website or the St. Paul Marriage Ministry page and get that information. Let me just say as we um, move forward and we get ready to transition into prayer that... um, Question has been asked of me, um, when are we going to do away with masks here at St. Paul? Um, And I had to tell that person, no time soon. Then that person retorted, well, folks go to the football game, they don't wear masks. Basketball game, they don't wear masks. I said, yep, and that's the football game and the basketball game. But at St. Paul, we're going to wear masks. Um, um, COVID is spiking RSV and the flu when we were wearing masks during the period of COVID a whole lot of folks didn't get the flu mask work yeah let me say that again mask work so if you come to the physical church we're going to um, uh, we're going to continue to have our mask mandate we've cut back on having folks you know practice you know, major social distancing, but we're going to keep the mask mandate. Um, when you come to St. Paul, I want to keep you safe. And plus, since some of y'all been out there uh, gallivanting with other folks, when you come here, I want—I don't want you to spread nothing to us. <laughs> so, so we're going to continue to wear masks. Amen. We're going to continue to wear masks uh, until the uh, foreseeable uh, future. I want to get us 
I want to get us through the winter. And we will reevaluate coming in the spring and see what happens as far as that's concerned. We may then shift to mask being optional. But for right now, we're going to keep the mask uh, just to keep you safe. All right. And let me let me uh, encourage you. Um, I know some of us still got vaccine hesitancy. But I really need to encourage you to go get the vaccine. Go get vaccinated. Go get your booster. I am saying that because um, we got people here at church who have come down with COVID. Um, and had they not been vaccinated, it could have been a lot worse. The vaccine does not keep you from getting COVID. But my God, it can mitigate the impact as far as your body is concerned. And, and I'd rather for you to be vaccinated uh, and, 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 and not get taken out than for you not to get vaccinated and we have to do your funeral. All right. So please, ma'am, please, sir, give consideration to go and get vaccinated. If you've been vaccinated, go get your booster so that, uh, you can continue to have some sense in some form of immunization. All right. We're getting ready to go to the Lord in prayer. And as we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer, uh, there are several prayer concerns that I want to share with you uh, at this particular time. We want to lift up um, the family as far as uh, the Bullware family, uh, Brother Ronald Bullware, the husband of Disciple Bernadette Bullware. Uh, those services are pending. Uh, we want to flank that family in our prayers. The family of Disciple Cleon Huntley. Uh, grandmother of Disciple LaShawn Huntley. Those services were yesterday at A.E. Greer. The family of Disciple Betty Lowry, uh, wife of Brother Disciple Bobby Lowry. Those services were this past Tuesday. The family of Ida Richmond, the aunt of Disciple Tanya Klinkscale, and um, uh, the family of Deacon Nathaniel Chambers. And I believe I saw Deacon Pat Chambers. Amen. Stand up, dear. Stand up. We're praying for you. Thank you for your, for your presence today. You don't know what that means to be able to see you. And we're praying for you and with you that the Lord will continue to sustain you and your sons and your grandchildren through this moment. Amen. And I know how you said St. Paul has treated you. Um, uh, she's given major kudos for that. But I want you to know we do that for two reasons. Number one, because that's just the type of church this church is. And number two, because of the servant leader that your husband was and because of the person that you are. So we got you. Amen. We continue to lift you up in prayer. I got word last night that um, uh, the family of... Um, uh, Kenya and Marcus Harvey uh, had um, a tragedy that hit their family. Uh, I believe that Brother Harvey's mother, from what was shared, was in a tragic accident. We want to keep that family lifted up in our prayers um, as far as going to the throne of God. And we know that God can do anything but fail. And I'm going to ask that Reverend Dr. Dia will come and take us to the throne of grace uh, as far as this moment 
a prayer is concerned. Let us go to God in prayer. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God of our ancestors, God, we come to you this morning, God, acknowledging that we have not dotted every I nor crossed every T. Yet you still abundantly love us, God, and for that, God, we say thank you. God, this morning we admit our transgressions, God, and ask for your forgiveness, God. God, for your grace, for your wisdom, for your passion, for your mercy, God, we say thank you. God, we know we live in a broken world where broken people hurt other people, God, and God, we ask for an end to that senselessness, God. God, be with us this morning, God. Love us in an abundant way this morning, God. God, in this season of Advent, God, we ask that you would continue to be patient with us, God. God, in this season of fancy lights, God, remind us that you are the only light of this world. God, in this season of giving, God, remind us that we can't beat your giving no matter how hard we try. God, in this season of capitalism, God, remind us what true liberation feels like and looks like, God. God, you've heard the names this morning, God. Be with those that are in pain this morning, God. Be with those that are grieving this morning, God. Be with those that are processing life this morning, God. Wrap your loving arms around them, God, as only you can, God. God, be with those that are dealing with housing insecurity, God. God, be with those that are dealing with food insecurity this morning, God. God, be with everyone under the sound of my voice, God. God, be with our pastor and his family, God. God, be with this choir this morning, God. God, be with every deacon in this ministry, God. God, be with everyone under the sound of my voice this morning, God. Give them a profound reminder, God, that we are children of the Most High. God, let them know that we have a divine purpose, God. God, let them know that you can do anything but fail, God. God, remind us all, God, that you sit high and that you look low, God. God, let them know that you can make a way out of no way, God. Be with every individual, God, that continues to mourn, God. As a result of senseless and pointless violence, God. God, we ask that you would abolish every form of evil, God. God, walk us through this season, God. God, not only walk us through this season, God, but carry us, God, through this season. God, continue to be with us. Today, tomorrow, and always, God. For you are worthy, God. In this season of Advent, God, you are worthy of waiting on. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the blessed Holy Spirit, everyone that truly believes says amen. Amen. If you believe that the Lord is answering that prayer, can you give God praise right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sisters and brothers, it's time to give. Amen. Amen. It is time to give. And as we give persons the opportunity to come in and get situated, just want to let you all know that as we prepare to give unto the Lord at this time, there are several ways you can give here at St. Paul Church. The first one is by putting your uh, sending check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205. The second way is by going to our website and uh, put uh, giving in that manner through either ACS or Church Life. You can also give as far as Givelify is concerned. And if you so desire to bring your offering, check cash or money order to the church, call the church office at 704-334-5309 and make sure someone is here to receive your offering to put it in a safe place until the next count. As we prepare to give, 
in this season of Advent, I just want to remind you, you can't beat God giving no matter how hard you try. Uh, and as we give at this moment, we give not grudgingly. We give because the Lord has blessed us. And so as we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer, um, I'm going to ask those of you who are able, if you would, uh, lift your offering or your devices and let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for the sufficiency of your grace that has given us the ability to come to your church virtually or physically and to give at this moment. For those that are watching us online, Facebook, YouTube, listening to us on the telephone or watching us on Zoom, we thank you for their presence and their presence. God, for those that are in the house right now, we thank you for our capacity to come and to engage in physical worship. Now, Lord, as we prepare to give, not grudgingly, not out of necessity, but cheerfully, because you love the cheerful giver. Take these gifts of ours and multiply them in a Godfold way so that your word, work, witness, and worship can go forth through the St. Paul Church. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray, and in his name we claim it done. Amen. For those that have fiscal offerings, if you would, um, there's a basket on the outer edges of the aisle. If you would, take that basket, pass it down, you can place your fiscal offering in that basket. Ushers, there are persons that are waiting to come in. Please let them in.
give the brothers a round of applause. They had to, they kind of had to step in today and because uh, I believe you all singing next Sunday too, right? So they're doing double duty this month as far as um, December is concerned. And so thank you, Deacon Reggie Ross and to our male chorus uh, for blessing us with your gift of song. Amen. Amen. 
It's certainly good to see Brother Al back in the mix. We thank God for you, man. We thank God for you. We thank God for you. We, we thank God for you. I want to uh, solicit your prayers as we move forward, talking about the gifts that God gives us. This is part two. I want to talk about time. And for those of you who have your Bibles, I want to call your attention to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Um, and I want to read verses 1 through 11. For those who don't know where Ecclesiastes is, it's after Proverbs. Amen. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Um, and that's where we will posit um, this sharing as far as our time is concerned. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Uh, verses 1 through 11. Um, for those that are online on Facebook or Zoom, if you got it, put in the chat, got it. Amen. It reads like this. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit has the worker from that end which he labors? I have seen the God-given task with which the son of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its own time. He has put eternity in their hearts except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. I want to preach for the time that is mine, appropriating the gift of time. Appropriating the gift of time. Um, the late Steve Jobs, CEO of Apple, is known to have said that your time is limited. So don't waste it on living somebody else's life. It is one of the most precious commodities that all of us have. That is time. In fact, all of us have the same amount of time, regardless of age, gender, race, religious preference, social status, financial background, or even educational level. 
It is how we use time that makes the difference. And I would contend that under the sound of my voice, there are a whole lot of us, and I'm the chief among us, who have been guilty of messing up this gift. We have wasted time. Uh, it was Leo Torsti in his provocative writing, War and Peace, who said, the two most powerful warriors known to man are patience and time. However, when it comes to living life, loving life, we have to know how to utilize this gift of time so that we can have an existence filled with passion, purpose, power, and persistence. I think the reason why a lot of folks are afraid of death is because they did not maximize their time to have a meaningful life. Sooner or later, life has a way of teaching us how to use our time. On the other hand, time shows us what we value in life. Because what we value in life is where we will put the most time. As you sit in this moment of sermonic presentation, you are investing your time in your personal spiritual development and well-being. You are investing your time in being in fellowship with the saints. You are commiserating with other disciples and you are, at this moment, being reminded of God's grace and goodness. At this very moment, at this very time, depending upon how you use this moment, God is positioning you to become who God has designed, destined, and desire for you to be. But for others, this is a bore. This is a chore. This is something you would rather not be doing. As a matter of fact, if you really had your own way, you would be somewhere else uh, because you feel that this could be a waste of time. Some are kind of made to be here. Time is what we desire most, but it's what we also waste the most as well. This is why you and I have to make every second, every minute, every hour, every day count because time is so precious. And once it's gone, you can't get it back. As a matter of fact, a sage once says that there are three things you and I cannot get back. A missed moment, a spoken word, and wasted time. Oh, how we disregard and mess up the gift that God gives us every time the Lord allows for us to rise from our sleep. Miss opportunities, procrastination, thinking that you can do something a lot later, not getting proper rest not taking advantage of the chance you have. Laziness and other negative things rob us of this precious gift of time. There are those who are major achievers who know how to make the best of time. And think about this. You can't find time to do something. You make the time to do something. It is called intentionality. It is called purpose. We tend to think that time and life are the same thing, that 
is synonymous. But St. Paul, I would contend that time is the currency of life. And if you waste time, you waste your life. And there are those under the sound of my voice who have to admit that in retrospect, you have wasted time on things, people, and places that have robbed you of your joy, hijacked your happiness, vandalized your visions, and desecrated your dreams to the point where you feel stuck. I used to think that there was a such thing as time management. I used to think there's such thing as uh, that the problem with a lot of us, uh, Dr. D'Angelo, is that we don't know how to manage our time. I have a sister, Katina uh, Scott Williams, who has a PhD in psychology. She is my mother's smartest and most intelligent child. And we were talking during the Thanksgiving break about the concept of time management. And my mother's most intelligent child corrected her elder brother. Uh, my mother's most intelligent child said, there's no such thing as time management. I looked at her sconce and I'm going like, what are you talking about? We have seconds, minutes, days, hours that God has given us to manage. She said, the problem ain't time management. The problem is personal management and life management and self-management. And she said with her smart self that if you know how to manage your life and you know how to manage yourself and you know how to manage your personality, you'll manage time real easily. The problem is we try to superimpose time on the essence of who we are without understanding that time is more of a mindset that has to be predicated upon who we are so that we'll make the best use of this life. And when you and I learn how to manage our life, time will not be a problem. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be something that we're not accustomed to, to, to having. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be highly philosophical today. Therefore, the use of time is about a choice. Some major, some minor, some mundane, some vital, some good, some bad. Your choice impacts your time. And your time causes you to make some interesting decisions. When you and I make decisions, be it important or trivial, it moves, check this out, from mental processes in the mind to physical movement in life that can be reduced to two types of actions. Doing something or not doing something. Follow the flow. Each action, whether we do something or don't do something, is use of time. And it is associated with either a positive or a negative outcome, which produces positive or negative feelings. How many of you, under the sound of my voice, wish you had done something you did not do? How many of us wish we didn't do something that we did? That's a waste of time with negative implications. On the other hand, how many of us are glad 
that we did a certain activity, made a phone call, checked on somebody, did something good. How many of us are glad we did not do a certain thing or say a certain thing or hung out in a certain place? That's an investment of time with positive consequences and positive emotions. When things go well, we are filled with delight and happiness because we made good use of our time. When things go south, we are filled with anger, regret, and distress because we wasted time for actions we could have avoided. And St. Paul and those that are watching me online, I will confess and be transparent that when I look back over my life, I could have made much better use of this gift of time that God has given me. Do I have any fellow travelers? That when you look back over your life, you go like, yeah, I could have done something better than what I did with my time. Let me press my claim and dig a little deeper philosophically. Because time has three tenses. Past, present, and future. All of us in here, from the choir stand, through the pulpit, to the back door, to out there where our parking ministry is, uh, are caught up and how we use our time. How we use our time is based on the perspective in which we are stuck. All of us in here uses our time based upon either something in the past, something in the present, or something in the future. Walk with me just for a moment. Some of us have limited our decisions based upon our current situation. And those type of people are present-oriented. In other words, you see what you have, and based upon what you can see, that's how you make your decision. Others of us make our decisions based upon memories from similar past situations. And those folks are past-oriented. The third type of person is the person that makes up his or her mind entirely based upon imagined future consequences, the cost and benefits of a particular action in the future. And so if the cost outweighs the benefit, we ain't going to do it. On the other hand, if the cost reaps a major return on investment, we'll do it. Those persons are future-oriented. And as I build my case for how you and I use the gift of time, King Solomon this morning has presented before us an interesting poem about time that is rather haughty and haunting. King Solomon, better known as among scholars as Koheleth in the writing of Ecclesiastes, he is referred to as a teacher or a preacher. And at the time that Solomon writes Ecclesiastes, Solomon is in an interesting state existentially. Uh, in his life, Solomon has backslidden from the days of wisdom to gloating in riches and debauchery. And the reason that I say that is because Solomon was the wisest and the richest king in Israel's history. Remember that Solomon, God came to Solomon and said, I'll give you 
whatever you ask for. And Solomon said, Lord, give me wisdom so I will know how to lead and rule over your people. And the Lord said, because you've asked for wisdom and not for earthly things, not for money, not for power, I'm going to give you wisdom and all of those other things. Well, needless to say, uh, Solomon got rich. Solomon was known for wisdom, but then somewhere off the trail, Solomon lost his way. And can I tell you how I know Solomon lost his way? Solomon had 700 wives. I'm letting that set, y'all. Wait, 700 wives? And 300 concubines. All right. Um, my young people don't know what concubine is. Side pieces. Now y'all looking at me kind of suspect. This is, this is how I know he had gone, he had backslidden. I barely can handle the one I got. And, and brothers, don't y'all look at me like, like, like I'm crazy. You barely can handle the one you got too. And, and, and here, and here, here this brother got 700 wives and 300 concubines. Pierre and I, the other night, we watched The Woman King. I want to recommend that movie to you, The Woman King. And in that movie, that king had about eight or nine wives. And my God, they were fine. But I tell you, I would not want to be that king. Because that man was in trouble, especially when those women started trying to plot against each other to take the woman king out. 700 wives, 300 concubines, y'all. That's how I know he had lost his way. And even though Solomon was considered to be the wisest person in the scripture, Solomon was on some different stuff <laughs> when, when he wrote Ecclesiastes. Because I, I, don't, I don't know if trying to manage 700 wives made him cynical. Or skeptical, but 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 he is on some different stuff when he writes Ecclesiastes because uh, he did not think much about this thing called life. He considered life to be rather senseless and meaningless, which can lead to nihilism and fatalism. I understand why now, Solomon. You had seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines. You 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 just can't live life like. Solomon had become so distorted by the riches and power and the women until his view of life and even God became jacked up. Here's the deal that when you give more time to riches and power and human relationships rather than investing time with God, your concept of who God is will become distorted and messed up. But the blessing for me is that in chapter 3, he makes a shift in his tone and demeanor. Solomon does not think that time is just another absurdity. Rather, he endorses time to let us know that there's a time for everything in our reality. In fact, it seems like Solomon considers time to be the only consistent variable in life. He deals with what he considers to be the predictability of life. He lifts up for us this rhythm or flow as Solomon lays out 14 different 
contrasts of what we can possibly do with time. And Solomon wants us to understand that not everybody will go through all of this stuff that he lays out, but he wants us to understand that there are different ways in which you and I can handle time. Solomon is trying to impress upon us how this flow is really beyond human control and capacity and it does no good for us as human beings to try to run things. However, you and I are kingly aware though of the movement of God to empower us to deal with time in such a way until we become stewards or managers of time rather than a slave to time. So as a follower of Jesus Christ, you and I are aware of two primary understandings of time. One is chronos. The other is Kairos. Chronos or chronological time is how we measure time in years, months, days, weeks, hours, minutes, and seconds. Kairos is an opportune period or season for something favorable to happen. It is not measured in days, hours, or even centuries, but it is a decisive moment. It is something you can put your finger on and say that at this particular moment, I knew God was doing something different. There is something decisive for certain things to happen in Kairos time. And I'm here to let you know that when you understand how time can be utilized as far as your reality is concerned, that you understand that when the Lord wakes you up, and gives you health, life, and strength to utilize this gift of time. That you understand that as you navigate the minutes, second hours, and days of your life, that God is positioning you to experience a chaotic moment in your life where God does something in your reality that blows your mind predicated upon how you use chronological time. So how can we use this wonderful gift of time. I want you to understand that when you look at the writings of uh, uh, Solomon, he will help you to understand that number one, God has already circumscribed events within the boundaries of time. In other words, you don't have to have a PhD or be a scientist to know that time and seasons are just part of life. We find this in verse 1 where it says to everything there is a season, a time to every purpose under the heavens. All I'm trying to let you know, St. Paul, is that you and I serve a God who is able to orchestrate things chronologically and chaotically. In other words, you and I serve a God that is able to manage things as far as seconds, minutes, hours, days, months, years, century, and eons, but also at the same time, he infuses chronological time with special moments known as kairos that when he shows up, he shows out. 
Uh, God is the one who has ordained the seasons. And God is the one that has set up chronological boundaries for us to operate within. Now, everything and everyone has something to do within a prescribed time for a certain season. As a matter of fact, the moment you were born, uh, that was the first bracket. And the moment you died, that's the last bracket. And in between is a dash. And that dash is predicated upon how you utilize your time from the time you take your first breath until the time you take your last breath. And you and I should give God praise because God has created a universe and a world in such a way until God has put it on automatic for time to do its thing. Here's the type of God that you and I serve. That God is so omniscient and so omnipotent until God can give the planet physics laws for which they operate and they don't crash into each other. God is so incredible until God allows for our daily lives to make sense as far as waking up, going to work, going to sleep, getting rest. God is so amazing that he has infused in our daily reality ups and downs, highs and lows, sunshine and rainy days, mountain experiences and valley moments because God knows that if you stay down too long, you may give in to fatalism. But if you stay up too long, you may think it's all about you. So God knows how to balance stuff out as far as our reality are concerned. I'm here to let somebody know that this is operated and ordained and ordered by none other than God. Here's my shout cue for somebody right now. This means that God has a plan for every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every month, every year, every decade to which God gives you and me health, life, and strength. Things don't happen by chance. Faith does not determine our ways. We have a God who sits high, looks low, and as old folks used to say, rule and super rule, both heaven and earth. You all, that ain't nothing more than the providential care of God. And I know that's a big seminary word but the providential care of God means that the Lord will make a way somehow within the circumscriptions of time. I feel like preaching now. Now I have to admit I don't understand in my mind how God's providence works. I don't understand in my mind how God is able to make a way out of no way. I don't understand how God is able to do the things that God does but I understand a whole lot better now that saying he may not come when you want him but he He's always on time. I feel like preacher right now. And God loves to work them out according to God's timing and God's plan for us. This is why our lives have meaning in this world regardless of who you are. And so I'm here to let somebody know that even if you don't believe in God, God has orchestrated and ordered your time. But when you do know who God is in the pardon of your sin, your time takes on greater significance because you understand that your time and your life have been ordered by the Lord of the universe and ooh, I'm getting ready to run out of this church right now that since time 
time started nearly 20 billion years ago God had this moment on the schedule for you to be at the St. Paul Church at this time in this place on that screen to get what God has for you who am I talking to right now they ain't afraid to admit there have been some times when you were doing some calculations in your life you wanted certain things to happen at a certain time at a certain hour a certain way in a certain moment and it did not happen the way you wanted it to happen but then you put that thing in the hands of the Lord and it may not have happened at a certain time at a certain day and at a certain hour but when you look back over your life you have to admit God you didn't do it when I wanted you to do it but you did it when you wanted it done and he may not come when you want him but do I have about 55 folks I may 56 that will testify he's always He's always, <laughs> always uh, on time. Ain't nothing in your life accidental. I, 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 I know, I know, I know Dr. 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 D'Angelo, I shouldn't be saying ain't nothing. I know I got some, I'm a grammar snob as well, uh, but ain't nothing. It, it may be bad English, but it's good theology. Ain't nothing in your life accidental. Ain't nothing in your life coincidental. When you know who God is, everything in your life is providential. Can, 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 I, can I drop something else? on you because when you look at verses 2 through 8 it has these contrasts birth, death uh, life, death, you know, has all this and, 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 and notice how Solomon writes and so this next move is that the events of life should produce positive change during the in-between times all right I know, I'm coming. I'm, I know where I'm going. I'm coming. I'm like Deion Sanders when he told those kids in Colorado, I'm coming. Here it is. Here it is. Look, look, look at these contrast statements as far as text is concerned. Time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest, time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down. Time to break. All of that deals with opposites. 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 Time born, that means there's time to die. A time to plant, that means you got to harvest what's been planted. A time to kill, that means going to war. But a time to heal, that means being healed from war. A time to break some stuff down and a time to build some stuff up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. Notice that these opposites really have a moment in between. What do you do Ooh. <laughs> during the time between you were born and die? What, what do you do during the time between planting and harvesting? What do you do between the time of war and the time to heal? What do you do 
between the time of breaking stuff down and building stuff up, what do you do? Between crying and getting the laughter, what do you do? Between mourning and dancing, what do you do? Between casting stones and gathering stones, what do you do? Between embracing and refraining, what do you do? Between gaining and losing, what do you do? Between keeping and throwing away, what do you do? Between tearing and sowing, what do you do? Between being silent and speaking up, what do you do? Between love and hating, what do you do? Between war and peace, what do you do? With the in-between time. God wants you and me to understand that whatever moment or season we are in life. That when we are connected to God. That from the start of something <laughs> to the completion of something. You and I ought to be undergoing a change in our life and a change in our attitude and a change in our thinking and a change in our bodies and a change in our relationships that will help us to navigate between the start of something and the ending of something that we're better at the end than we were at the beginning. Uh, everybody in life will not experience these 14 different shifts. But all of us in life going to experience one or more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 let me say it again. We won't experience all 14. But I believe I'm talking to some folks right now who can say, I may not experience all 14, but I've gotten close. Uh, I got some folks in here that can testify, haven't experienced all 14, haven't gotten close, but I've been through many dangers, toils, and snares. And here's what I'm trying to impress upon you, St. Paul. That when you have a relationship with God, that when you have confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, that the Holy Ghost during the in-between time ought to be doing something so special and so significant that between your birth and your death, you should be a whole lot better. That between your planting and your harvesting, you ought to be able to give God praise. That between you killing some stuff, and may I suggest that some stuff we need to kill is the stuff in the flesh. And between God healing your spirit, you ought to become a whole lot better. Between the Lord breaking some stuff down in your life and the Lord building some stuff up in your life, you ought to become a little bit better. That the time between your weeping and your laughing, you ought to become a little bit better. Between the time of your mourning and your dancing, you ought to be becoming a little bit better. In other words, don't be the same person you were at the beginning, but my God, don't become worse because of the time that you spend in the waiting for God to do what God is going to do. You got to understand that God has something incredible for you, but depending upon how you handle the in-between time will determine whether you grow, develop, and become everything that God will have for you to be 
or whether you become stuck and worse and bitter because you did not know how to handle the in-between time. The writer Paul was correct when he said that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord, who are the called according to his purpose. And I'm here to let you know, St. Paul, that regardless of what you do in your life, if you hold to God's life and you allow yourself to be placed in the hands of the Lord, the Lord will take whatever you're going through and work it for your good and for his glory that when you look back over your life, you can say, I did not like what I went through. I did not like what I had to endure, but had I not gone through what I went through, I would not be the person that I am. So you learn how to thank the Lord for every headache, for every heartache, for every trial, for every trouble, for every tear, for every pain, for every problem, because you understand that it is through your suffering that God has given you strength. It is through your hell that God lets you holler hallelujah and it is through your test that God gives you a testimony. Let me get out of here. Let me get out of here. Let me get out of here. Verse 9 through 11. Verse 9 through 11. Verse 9 through 11 helps us to understand that we're making preparation for the hereafter in the here and now. All right, all right, all right. Uh, in other words, we are making preparation for eternity with the gift of time. All right, okay. Close, let me close the Bible. I'm done. Um, um, this is not a dress rehearsal. You only get one life. And that's it. And when you die, ain't no reincarnation. You ain't coming back as a horse, a bear, a fly, a roach, or some other child in the future. Nope. You only get one life. You ain't been here before. And you ain't coming back after you die. You only get one life. And what you and I got to understand is that we are making preparation for the hereafter. And every last one of us will spend eternity somewhere. Uh-huh. Yep, 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 yep. Every last one of us, whether you believe in God or not, going to spend eternity somewhere. Every last one of us, whether you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior or don't, going to spend eternity somewhere. Atheist, agnostic, and believer will spend eternity somewhere. Um, let me, let me go ahead and get out of here. Uh, when you look at what Solomon is talking about, Solomon says something that is very profound because Solomon wants us to understand. He says, I have seen the God-given task with which the son of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Notice the next part. Also, besides this, beside the activities and time, also, he has put, watch this, eternity in their hearts. Boy, y'all gonna learn how to shout on the word one day. Start right there for a moment. I want you to pause here for a moment. God has put eternity in uh, our hearts. Now, here's a truth that is uniquely to the human being 
rather than any other creature that God has made. No other creature, no other species has eternity in their hearts. Some writer, an old favorite saying of some people is that we can be so heavenly minded until we're no earthly good. And I would contend that there are those who are mostly earthly good and there are those who are mostly heavenly minded because once you have eternity settled, you will have a between now and death lived experience. In other words, uh, when you know that there is something after this life, it changes how you live this life. And I'm here to let you know right now that you and I, we are called to make things better in the earth realm. That you and I are called uh, to take things more positive uh, in the reality of time. That you and I are called uh, to fight against oppression. We're called uh, to feed those uh, who are hungry in the earth realm. We're called uh, to clothe those uh, who are naked in the reality of time. We're called uh, to provide uh, for those uh, who cannot have provisions made uh, in uh, the time reality. But I want you to know that when you think about how long our dash is, that when you think about 60, 70, 80, 90, even 100 years, that those years ain't nothing compared to eternity. That when you think about how long you have to live on this earth, you better be making preparations for something beyond this world. Because Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. That he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live again. And he that believeth in me shall never die. Y'all got to excuse me. My Mississippi is slipping out. But I stopped by to let somebody know that this world is not our home. You and I are nothing more than pilgrims traveling through this barren land and we did not come here to stay but we're making preparations for another place but at least while you're here you ought to make your space a little bit better than it was before you got here good morning St. Paul may the Lord bless you real good but can I preach this thing the way that I feel it because the God that I serve wants me to tell you that you be better get your business fixed and you better get your mind made up because one of these days the death angel is going to come and call for an account of your soul and I want to know will you be ready because you've done the things in preparation right now some of you all can look at me like I'm crazy but I'm here to let you know that you better hold on to the Lord that made everything that you see and don't see. Good morning, St. Paul. May the Lord bless 
you real good. But the reason that eternity is in your soul is because you got a spark of the divine in your spirit. You and I are made in the image and likeness of God. And since we're made in the image and likeness of God, we got eternity in our view. But some of us will miss what God has because we've been caught up by the trappings of this world. But I stopped by to let you know that I know you can be rich down here, but I'd rather have the riches of God up there. I know you can have fine clothing down here, but give me my white robe up there. I know you can wear Gucci down here, but I want my crown up there. I know you can have it going on down here, but I want the glory of God up there. Y'all got to excuse me. Can I preach it the way that I feel it? Solomon said, I want you to know that even though you're part of the earth realm, you better be getting your stuff straight so you can live in the hereafter. And can I do a church check right now? Do I have anybody that know what the songwriter said? Time is filled with swift transition. None on earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal and hold to God's unchanging hand. Good morning, St. Paul. I'm telling you where I'm putting my hand. I'm holding on to God's unchanging hand because in God's hands, there is power. And in God's hands, there is salvation. And in God's hands, there is healing. And in God's hands, there is deliverance. And in God's hands, there is redemption. And in God's hands, there is liberation. And in God's hands, there is my hope. And in God's hands, there is my joy. And in God's hands, there is my peace. And in God's hands, there is my salvation. And in God's hands, there is my gift. And in God's hands, there is his son. Because his son was able to do something with his hands. It was his hands in the fullness of time that was nailed on an old rugged cross. It was his hands that made some dust and breathed into the dust the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Do I have anybody in the house right now that can say, I know that the world has this stuff. But I'm holding to God's unchanging hand. Won't God fix it? Won't God do it? Won't God make a way? Won't God pick you up? Won't God turn you around? Won't he plant your feet on solid ground? Do I have anybody in the house right now that ain't afraid to give our God the praise that he deserves? Because when you look back over your life, you gotta thank God you're not where you used to be may not be where you should be but you're not where you used to be why is that preacher because I made better use of this gift of time and when I leave this place I'm gonna do better I'm 
gonna be smarter. I'm gonna be wiser. I'm gonna be loving. I'm gonna be more forgiving. I'll see y'all later. But can we have a little church at the St. Paul place online and in the house? Is there anybody that ain't afraid to take a little time to give our God the praise he deserves? Is there anybody in the house right now that ain't afraid to lift up holy hands and bless the Lord with your time? Is there anybody that ain't afraid to take some time to roll back your head, open up your mouth, and bless the name of the Lord? Is there anybody in the house right now that ain't afraid to give him praise? Because when I look back over my life, I have to admit I've had some good days. I've had some hills to climb, but I got to give God praise because the Lord, yes, sir, the Lord has been good to me. Do I have anybody in the house right now that ain't afraid to give God the praise because he's been good? As a matter of fact, not only has the Lord been good, the Lord's been better than good. He's been great. And since the Lord's been great, he's greatly to be praised. So I need, I need, I need, I need some folks in the house right now that will lift up your hands, throw back your head, take a little time to give God praise. Because is he worthy of your time? Is he worthy of your worship? Is he worthy of your praise? Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Yes. Oh, good God Almighty. I done preach myself happy. Yes. Take a little time. Take a little time. I dare you to take 15 seconds and give God the very best praise that you have. 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3.
Deacons come, deacons come. Uh, learn how to appropriate. Learn how to appropriate, utilize this gift of time. Because one day, as the hymn choir was saying, time shall be no more. And you and I got to give an account for everything we do with our time. And the scripture says, and now is the time. Now is the day of your salvation. If you're here, man, woman, boy, girl, I want to lead you in a short prayer. Prayer of new life, prayer of, of a brand new beginning. Prayer of commitment to our God. I want to lead you in this prayer. And we all going to say it together because as we all said, we'll be reminded of the commitment we made to God but if you do this prayer and the Lord moves upon your heart right now now is the time for you to make a decision about either Christ or church so if you don't mind bow your head and repeat after me Lord I thank you for the gift of time and I want to use this time to acknowledge you are God and to admit and I'm a sinner and to believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins and to confess my need for a savior I believe Jesus died for my sins and I believe you raised him from the dead and right now I want you in my life send your Holy Spirit to make me the person you want me to be I take this time to say thank you and ask for your forgiveness. At this moment, this very moment, I accept the gift of salvation. I accept the gift of eternal life. Thank you, God, for all that you have done. In the name of Jesus, I pray this prayer. Amen. Keep those heads bowed just for a moment. Keep those heads bowed just for a moment. If you're here right now, you prayed that prayer, and you're not sure where you stand with God, you're not sure about your relationship with God by confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer, and you meant that prayer in your head, in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, you really meant it in head and heart, mind and spirit. You're sincere about it. You want to become a God. Salvation is yours. If that's you right now, you prayed that prayer, and you're going like, God... <laughs> I got to do something different in my life. Now is your time. If that's you, I want you to do me this favor. If you would, just, just please God by holding up your hand. If that's you, and you know you need a relationship with God, hold up your hand right now. Hold up your hand. 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 Nothing to be ashamed of. Hold up your hand. 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 If you're watching us online, if you're watching us online at this moment, 
If you're on Facebook or on uh, our website, type in salvation in the chat box. When our digital ministers are going to reach out to you uh, and let you know what the next steps are. So type in salvation in the chat box. If you're watching us on YouTube or listen to us on the phone, email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call the church office at 704-334-5309. Leave your name, your phone number, a good number where we can reach you. And we'll call and let you know what the next steps are. This is the call for salvation. Here's my next call. My next call is to call for connection to the church. In other words, you're saved. You know who Jesus Christ is and the pardon of your sins. You've been baptized, but right now you're wondering as far as church is concerned. You've been going from church to church. You've been wondering and you're trying to figure out what church to go to. I want you to know, I would love for you to be part of the St. Paul Church. And if you're here right now, you don't have a church home and you're searching. I would love to be your pastor. So I want you to do me this favor. I want you to do me this favor. Look for a church home. You're looking for a place to connect, to belong, to become, to be lifted. Would you hold up your hand? Hold up your hand. You're looking for a church home. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Listen, listen to me well. If you got your hand up, if I could be your pastor, we could be your brothers and sisters in Christ. Would you go ahead? Get up. Come on down. Get up. Come on down. Get up. Come on down. You're going to set the place on fire. and You're going to give God a big old smile on your face. Come on down. St. Paul, let's celebrate those that are in the process of, of coming down. We could do a whole lot better than that. Come on. Will there be another? Will there be another? Will there be another? Will there be another? God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Come on, St. Paul. Let's celebrate those that are coming. Let's celebrate those that are coming. Will there be another? 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 Right now is your chance. Right now is your opportunity. I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're watching us online, if you're watching us online on Facebook, on our church website, type in connect in the chat. Somebody's going to reach out to you when our digital ministers reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. If you're watching us uh, on YouTube or listen to us on the telephone, email us at connect spbcnc.org or call us at the church, 704-334-5309. Let us know your name and your number. Somebody's going to reach out to you about 5 o'clock tomorrow to let you know what the next steps are. I'm going to do one more call. If you're here, if you're here, and you may not want to join St. Paul, but you just want to roll with us because you're here temporarily, going to school, here in the military, or here for your job, and you want your night under watch care, you could come on down as well. We'll just, we'll just watch over you and do life with you until you return back home. So if that's you, we invite you to come as well. We invite you to come as well. Amen. We have done this commanded and uh, the Lord is pleased with uh, those that have decided to come and uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to do fist bump. I will come on down to give you a head shake, but let me do fist bump. God bless you. God bless you. I want you to do me a favor. Follow these lovely people. Amen. They're going to help you to understand what your decision is. Can we give God praise for my sister? Oh, let's do a little bit better than that. Let's give God praise for my sister. Let's go ahead. Let's stand. We're getting ready to get out of here. We're getting ready to get out of here. We're getting ready to get out of here. Amen. God is great and greatly to be praised as we prepare to leave from this place and this space. Um, and we go out into uh, the culture. Use 
your time in a God-pleasing way. Amen. Amen. Don't waste it and don't be frivolous. Um, one other name I forgot to mention, uh, our vice chair of our deacon's ministry, Brother Ted Pearson, had surgery this past Friday. He's doing quite well at home, and we want to keep him lifted up in prayer as far as his healing is concerned. Amen. Amen. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. God, we thank you for what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, our spirits have experienced in this place. And as we leave this place, let us make even better use of our time so we can make preparation for eternity. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy, telling wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. May we close out with the doxology, praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Y'all know this song? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. I didn't hear y'all. The mic, get the mic right. I need, I need the brothers. I need to hear y'all. All right. All right. Get the mic right. All right. Start over again. Let's try this one more time. All right. And you all should know this too. Praise God. There you go. God from whom all blessings praise him all creatures here below here below